exactly. Like, what did you do? I didn't do anything. I just got out of bed. Well, that's <laughs> mistake one. My hip socket hurts. <laughs> Ow. I will, like, reiterate, though, getting out of bed is everyone's first mistake of the day. That was my first mistake. I'm injured. Yeah. And that's my workplace now, so I can apply for a worker's comp. <laughs> so Andrea slept funny, and now she's whining about I her hip like an ancient, ancient old crone. Sleep funny. Not blaming this on my sleep. It's someone else's fault. Oh, okay. So you're a crone because of someone else's doing. Got it. Someone has a voodoo doll. <laughs> I don't think that's how they work. How would you age a voodoo doll? I'm not old. It's a pinched <laughs> nerve. Sorry. Owie. Okay. Okay. Pinched nerves happen to us useful people. Oh, All the time. ouch. That's implying that old people aren't useful. That's rude. Youthful. Your ages. I said youthful. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I won't. I'll stop. Useful tech. people. I'll, <laughs> that's what I thought you said. And I was like, Andrea, wow. Nobody else That's actually pretty rough to say about, like, your elders. Um, I don't just think that I about start... older people. I think that about everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, no. Actually, though, there are some people that are useful. Cats. Cats. For instance. <laughs> I don't know. There are some human people who are uh, useful as well, including most of them. I don't know. Most people. Everyone. Everyone has use. Life is good. Life is useful. Let's preserve it. Let's okay. do that. Fine. Yeah, start being, like, more human positive, Andrea, or, or I'm never going to be able to stop typing this call-out post I've had for you, like, just in draft format for, like, years upon years. What's a call-out post? A call-out post? Oh, I'm making a joke. It's, um, it's, you know those posts when someone will make something and be like, XYZ person online is an abuser and here's the reasons why or is um misogynistic here's and they'll like oh, okay. list all these yeah like call out posts like calling out problematic like, people andrea Hashtag. you're a misanthrope yeah calling out andrea kramer for misanthropy i don't <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a call out subject i don't know i don't know what okay. what it would be but you keep adding problematic statements to your life so i just have to keep going back to that call out post and adding new things Every time I think I'm ready to post it, you're just like, hey. Another thing. Yeah, and here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you leave, I'm like just about to finish it, you barge back in the door, and also, <laughs> I could see it. Yep, What's your fear? That would be me. Oh, um, by the way, my Andrea's fear. fear of the week is sugar, again. Her cat, for people who are new here. So, my work has been ramping up. And then school is busy. And in between all of this, I have to make sure that my drunk cat doesn't mm. fall off of furniture and oh. hurt herself. Because the meds that she's on make her look very drunk. They are intense she's super meds. uncoordinated. Well, she kind of is drunk. Like, it's like a type of anesthesia. Obviously, like, used in a small mm-hmm. dose for her to prevent seizures. But still makes her anesthetized a yeah, little bit. she's very uncoordinated. She stumbles around. She She's jumped stoned. up on the window ledge today, uh, but wobbled and fell off. Oh, no. And so, like, this is That's what I mean, because she's like, I'm going to go up to high places and then just wobble there. Oh. And there are some higher places. 
that and the can... windowsill. And I'm just nervous that she's going to hurt herself. Yeah, that makes me nervous too. Um, luckily, she doesn't tend to go in the highest of high places. That tends to be Muffin's domain. I know, that's Muffin's usual spot. But lately, Sugar's like, I'm going to go up there too and sleep. It's because she's drunk. She thinks she's everything's wasted. a good idea. Yeah. She's a bad idea girl when she's drunk. She's a stoned little kitty. So <laughs> basically, uh, yeah. And I need a hip replacement. Yeah. That, so that's your fear is that she'll stumble drunkenly and fall. And then we'll both need hip replacements. Oh, <laughs> that'd be a cute little bonding outing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like should going to get your to nails done together. Human hospital, or should I go with her to the cat hospital? Uh, you're going to the vet with her. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you have a bigger, big hip for humans, right? <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, why not? We'll just put the same yeah. one we would put in a large Saint dog. Bernard or whatever. Honestly, that probably would fit you. It'd be a really strange angle and shape for you. It would be a really you. bad angle. You would have to walk half upright <laughs> for the rest of your life. But it would fit you because you're a tiny little pixie. That's but, right. Yeah. You heard it here first. I'm a pixie. <laughs> Some dogs are, in fact, larger than Andrea. Yes, I would say. Yeah. I've encountered them. <laughs> They've tried to eat you. <laughs> um Bouncing off that, my fear is my cats being... I think this was my fear last week, but it has continued. My cats are freaking out at each other. Um, something, like, happened with a toy. I wasn't there for it. I woke up to, like, screaming. It sounded like they'd been, like, crushed. So I oh. raced out there. Like, that's what, how, like, much they were shrieking. I was like, did the TV fall on my cats? Oh, my God. Right? So I rushed so out there. Yeah. And mom mom heard the whole thing happen. And she says, I hang, uh, Hazel, basically, one of my cats, got tangled in a toy, panicked, excreted from her anal glands, which then sent my other cat into a panic because the smell of the butt juice is territorial. So, and (laughs) the other cat, Dandelion's very primal, so she reacted and flipped out at Hazel, and now they hate each other, so we have to keep one of them in a separate room. And Dandelion can deal with being in a separate room most of the time. Um, Obviously, they've got all their food, water, whatever, and we, we obviously are in there with them, like, most of the time, but... Hazel super Hazel, yeah, I mean, she's lonely. She's bored. She was already upset when we moved from a large house to a small apartment. So now she's in an even smaller area in the small apartment. And she's, like, so sad. And she probably thinks we don't love her. And I'm afraid of that. So I go in there and I brush her. She likes it. And you give her treats. I give her so many treats. Okay, I give her, like, 28 treats a day. Like, it's bad. She's going to be chonky. She's actually surprisingly lost weight, and that's also worrying from stress, despite how many Mm. treats she devours. You know what? Sugar is the same. I give her treats and she'll eat them. She doesn't jump. She doesn't, like, come running for them anymore, though. And today I had to put her wet food next to her and make her stand up to eat it because she's like, she's so tired. She just sleeps all fucking day. Well, she's stoned. She won't, she doesn't eat or drink. So I had to like make her. It sounds like, uh, sounds like my boyfriend when he's stoned. I I have to, I have to move. No, he does later, but he'll he'll forget. munchies. Yeah, you get the yeah. munchies when you're stoned. Yeah, it's like a phase of being stoned where you go through the munchies. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, you can forget. And I also have to physically move his body upward sometimes <laughs> with my bare hands and be like, "Hun, you can't drink water laying down." 
up you get. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he's not that stoned, but it's still, it's like that type of like lethargy that people on sedatives have, any yeah. sort of sedation. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, on the subject, like I, deviating from the topic of everyone in our lives being stoned, um, I chose the theme today, and it, <laughs> again, it has nothing to do with that, but I'm not sure if we've done this before or not, but I thought it would be really interesting, because this is so relevant to, to, to the world, catfishing horror. Yes. Catfishing I was horror stories. excited when you, because I could already think of like several kind of. Yeah, no, exactly. Like for I some grew reason, off the top of my head, right? Yeah. Like I had trouble finding them online, but I knew that Me there too. were like five hundred. Well, because there's like the Craigslist killer and stuff, so that oh, could also yeah. be considered kind of it is. It counts. Anyone yeah. who's pretending to be something online that they're not counts. I didn't catfishing. do that one though, because I wanted to find the one that was true catfishing. Yeah, like super purposeful yeah. catfishing. Yeah, like yeah old guy pretending to be a young girl or whatever you know like that yeah like super super like identity yeah Yeah, non-disclosure catfishy catfishing super catfishy (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of catfish (laughs) all right so you have to go first because you chose that's true bam i do have to go first all right i'm settling in to the closet good and getting comfy um, you're you're ready, getting prepared. On the floor here. Is everyone else comfy on their floors? If you're not, get on closet, the fucking floor right get now. Get on the and floor get comfy. in your closet right now. Yeah, into the closet, on the floor. That's the only way to be comfortable. Facing the wall, please. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> Honestly, we just walked you through step by step our process. It's you're actually welcome. incredibly uncomfortable. Don't do that. So, this is the catfishing murder of Catherine, Katie, Winter. Okay. Yeah. I like the name Catherine better than Katie. I'm just weighing in right here at the beginning. I know. Okay. I know you do. All right. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> Catherine's, who, like, Catherine's, the universal, the, Catherine's. the legion of <laughs> they Catherine's. They are all called the Katie. M- mighty Catherine's. Um, <laughs> yes. So, Catherine, uh, who was often called Katie Winter, was a 19-year-old girl at the time of her murder she was an art student, and she was, like, studying illustration at the West Hertfordshire College in their, like, School of Art and Design in Watford. Because the English like to make these words. This is in England. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love she, it. Yeah, you like this already? Hertfordshire. Yeah, I know. The School of Art and Design in Watford. Watford. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Watford. guys. That's where Watford. I'm from. I, I don't <laughs> even know what a Watford is. Hey! Ah. They already cringed at it when I said Shire, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies to the English, except I revoke those apologies. Yeah. And um, so Catherine, she also, like, babysat, right? So Cool. In fact, when she was brutally murdered, she was, at the time, babysitting the two young children of her older sister. So her little niece and nephew. Yes. That sucks. That's a, that's why I said she babysat. It was relevant. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's important, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's just fucking brutal already. It's really bad. So the murder itself took place at the uh, her sister's residence in Beach Drive, Borehamwood, Hertfordshire, which is, yeah, in England. Stop it. What? Hertfordshire. I'm not Stop stopping. It. Okay, fine. Heart for Shire. 
<laughs> Shirey. 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 Yeah. Okay. That's what it's called. In um, a place called England, <laughs> I think. Land. England. Yes. <laughs> Gland. England. All right. So as an important, like, like an important aside here, from what I've seen and read, Katie Winter just, okay, so she looked like this really sweet, joyful girl. Like, obviously... I didn't know her, but she's just got this, like, huge, beautiful smile on her face in the more common photos of her and, like, news articles. So, yeah, and, like, she was studying illustration. She should have so had just, a great life ahead of her. You're just making it so that we all feel way worse about it. Yes. Okay. To be honest, yes. I feel worse about She was it a person, and already. she had skills, and she was wonderful. I don't know. I, I don't actually know what she was like beyond that. But she sounded, <laughs> like, from everyone's descriptions, it sounds like, yeah, she, like, this came out of nowhere. This is so weird, so I'm going to tell you what happened. Okay. So, as for what led to her murder, Tony Bushby was an inspiring karate instructor and student, and he was also, like, 18 or 19 years old at the time this all went down. It's been reported that he'd been, like, obsessed with Katie. He went to the same college as her, but Katie's friends have stated that they never saw the two together, and they also didn't have any classes together. But it's, like, hypothesized that he might have decided to target Katie from, like, a distance beforehand. So, like, I guess he saw her, yeah, in, like, the halls or something. And he was like, that's the one. Yuck. I know, it's creepy. Get out of here, Tony. Yeah, it's already weird to do that if you haven't even interacted with someone, like, to become obsessed with them. Like, yeah. So, however, like, the two did eventually formally meet through Facebook, which is objectively the worst social media site, and we all know it. (laughs) And, (laughs) fuck you, Facebook. And Tony, obviously, he didn't have many friends on it because he probably just created the account to stalk this girl. Uh. So he created four separate accounts, all secretly run by him, so that he could pretend these accounts belonged to four friends of his, right? Because four friends looks impressive on Facebook, too. It does, yeah. Yep. So from there, he'd talk to Katie online, pretending to be one of his friends, speaking to her, like maybe on his behalf, basically. Mm-hmm. The four friends Tony had made up were named Dan Tress, Sin Darwin, Shane Pluon, and Crystal Stangard. Gotta throw one girl in there, you know, of credibility. Of course, because <laughs> uh, men men Gotta are just liars. Girl. Liars. Gotta have one fake girl in there to tell this other girl how great this guy is. Yeah, so the reason prosecutors are, like, quite sure that these specific people, like, don't exist is because of evidence. <laughs> All their accounts. <laughs> yeah, it's which just is the there. evidence thing. It's just, like, the scientific evidence yeah, thing. Yeah, that pesky little... Um, so... It was traced. Yeah, all their all these other accounts were able to be traced back to the same specific IP address. Maybe Tony's. they were just rotating at his house. At his house, they're just like, okay, now you go. Let's talk about yeah Tony. Okay, now you tell her about Tony. Okay, now you tell her about Tony. Can okay, now imagine? I'll tell her about like, me. Do, I'm do none of you have your own fucking laptop or a phone? No. Like, who are these kids? No, they all have to share the same. Tony's laptop. Computer. He's the hookup for internet, apparently. <laughs> so their I like this IP trace was performed because later on, Tony had also tried to use these non-existent friends as a cover story for himself. Oh after, no! Yeah, don't so. do that. I know it's already a bad idea. That's like, did he not know idea. they'd try like verifying these people's existence? Right? Yeah. Like your and, fake friends can't be your alibi. 
No, that's not going to work it's out for you. It's just not how it goes. Uh, no. This person has to exist. Because then, <laughs> you know, you have to pretend to be the fake people to, like, provide the alibi. He shows up to court to and, like, disguises, like, <laughs> like, he's got a mustache one day and, like, <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be really bad. Um, so, like, uh, as for the murder itself, here's a quote from one of the prosecutors who is named Michael Speak. So, this was from BBC.com, quote, The defendant manipulated the false identities to make Katie believe they were real people, and, uh, quote, he used them to say things about him to gain her trust. They said flattering or impressive things about him to get her to like him. Okay. So that was basically the process by which Tony was grooming Katie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this was obviously going on for a while. And it was said later on in court that Tony and Katie had been in a secretive like relationship. And this is a relationship that, unbeknownst to Katie, was obviously based on lies. Right. But it sounds like uh, Tony eventually managed to worm his way into her life and become her boyfriend. Okay, so, so mission they did get together. Yeah, you can stop doing everything else that's going to be creepy that's coming up. Yeah, and get some real friends. Why didn't he have four friends, like, or at least one? Like, does he? Yeah, have like, why friends? couldn't he find someone and be like, "Hey, I really like this girl. Can you talk me up to her?" Yeah, like, did he not? have any social connections or i guess he just didn't want anyone to know about what he was gonna do maybe so the whole plan was to murder uh maybe it's it's a very hmm, it's hard to figure out the motive for this one but we'll see we'll see you guys can come to your own conclusions as i go okay so from uh borumwoodtimes.co.uk go there guys do it (laughs) um it's an interesting name borumwood borham England. So a student named uh, Kian Min Woon, who'd uh, gone to school with Katie at the college, right, told the jury in this case that her friend, you know, Katie, had fallen in love with Tony after meeting on Facebook and that Katie would travel to meet up with Tony in this like clearing in a secluded wood. Why does it have to be this secret? I don't know, right? Like, that's already bad. And another friend of Katie's named Jasmine Mandata stated that Katie was, like, shy about this relationship she had, and so she just didn't really talk about it much. Still, they were seeing each other. Okay. So, like, I get her being shy, but I'm wondering whose idea it was to only meet in a secluded clearing in the woods. It's usually not the girl's uh, decision. No. Just throwing it out there. Especially if you met someone on Facebook, probably not, hey? Yeah, usually you don't like, hey, um, can I pick my murder location? That'd be great. Well, I like this one clearing. I always pictured myself lying there dead. Yeah. Stabbed to death. Yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. (laughs) Very romantic. Um, So then on the 27th of December, 2012, Katie Winter's body was found by her mother stabbed to death. You were right. Yeah. She was slumped against her big sister's fridge in the kitchen in a pool of blood. So not in the woods. Why didn't he just do it in the woods? I don't know. She, like, basically gave him everything he needed. Well, no. I mean, he also probably said something to her like, oh, hey, we know from school. We know each other from school or whatever. Right? Because they met on Facebook. And if you're adding someone on Facebook, he's probably like, oh, I go to your college. So they probably did start talking after they initially like formed this relationship on Facebook. But like, I just don't understand why he wouldn't use the woods to then kill her. Um, Probably because 
Mm. Probably because she had to go to this babysitting okay. thing, right? So, like, maybe he thought that would be easy. I don't know why. I don't know why he did what he did. I am trying to theorize for sure, so let's let's keep going. All right. But Katie, uh, she had 23 different stab wounds across her body, 13 of which were critical wounds to her stomach and abdomen area and one to her neck. And some of which were, heartbreakingly, wounds on her hands that she'd gotten as she tried to shield herself from the attack. So, obviously, she fought back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... Uh, can you imagine falling in love with someone and having them do this Stab to you? you to death? Or, like, attack you, no, like, be, with the intent to murder? I would hate that. I wouldn't like it either. <laughs> but also, it'd just be, like, sad. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's so depressing. It'd be upsetting. Yeah. Especially at the time right it's before so you die. you like, hey... We were dating, you jerk. Yeah, like, she was a shy, sweet person. She probably, like, thought that he loved her. So, on Tony Bushby's end, he had that day returned home covered in blood. Apparently his place was nearby to, like, her sister's. So he did have access to Katie when she was babysitting. Okay. So maybe it was a nighttime thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the blood was on his hands, his clothes, and on his front door as well. So he was, of course, accused of murdering Katie and brought to trial. And during said trial, he claimed that the blood on his door had come from gloves that had been given to him by Dan Tress. No, they weren't. Which was, you know, one of the friends he'd made up. Yeah, so probably not. imaginary friend cannot give you bloody gloves. Hey, you want to hold on to my bloody gloves for me? That's what friends do. I don't, it doesn't even make sense if Dan had <laughs> existed. Like, You're like, sure, why not? Like, no questions asked. Like, hey, bud, I just murdered your girlfriend. Hold my gloves. Like, <laughs> what? Nothing about that makes sense either way. So the murder weapon itself, though, was never found, which is oh. strange. I don't know what he did with it. So when he was uh, first arrested on the day of Katie's murder, Tony told police that he'd spoken to Katie the previous night as he walked home because Katie had to go and babysit, right? So they he was walking home and she probably walked with him and was like, oh, okay, I guess I, I gotta go home now. Bye. I gotta go babysit my niece and nephew. Yeah. Right? But his phone, Tony's phone, was also recovered by police. And weirdly, like, the screen and SIM card were both damaged. And a forensic expert said there was, like, no way to for sure explain how it was damaged in that specific way. Because it was only the screen and the SIM card. That's stupid. Yeah, the SIM card. Like, you have to open it to get to that, right? Why don't don't you just destroy the whole whole phone? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, obviously, prosecution believed that Tony had destroyed the phone on purpose. Yeah. Like, and just didn't think it out very well, apparently. Um, The judge in the case said that he believed the motive for the crime was sexual and stated, quote, You derived sexual excitement from the infliction of knife wounds on her. You inflicted stab wounds to the top of each of her thighs. The judge also stated, quote, I am currently of the view that you pose a very real danger to women. Me too. I agree with this judge. I'm also currently of that view. I am very much of that view also. Um, <laughs> he was a danger. All on the same page. Yep. Glad, glad we all agree. So, <laughs> obviously, a lot of people were confused and surprised by all of this. The owner of the karate club that Tony worked for, you know, where he was hoping to become an instructor, said, quote, I saw him turn from a boy into a man. He had a passion for karate, which came from his heart. He was never aggressive or violent, and I was astounded when I found out about his arrest. I just thought... This is the wrong character. So that's what everybody says. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously one this person who was super close to him couldn't imagine it, but that's the thing. 
you don't really manage to get close to someone by seeming like you're going to kill them. So he no. probably didn't present like a killer yeah. to other people. Probably not. No, I don't think Katie would have been involved with him if he'd seemed very serial killery from the get-go. <laughs> she definitely or not killery. met him in the woods. No, exactly. And everyone who was close to and spent time with Catherine Winter described her positively. Emma Dury, who was a director at the college, said that Katie was a hard-working model student and that, quote, her tutors said she was polite and a pleasure to teach. Katie's friends also noted that she really wasn't the partying type. She didn't really go out drinking or anything. She attended church, often babysat for her sister, and she was just a very, like, shy, kind-hearted person, right? So not the type of person who you expect to be in a situation, like, where this would happen, Yeah, right? it's very Like, strange. very reserved, very Unless, reserved. obviously, somebody becomes obsessed with you. Yeah, and gets to you over the internet. You didn't piss anybody off. You just yeah. were a you were like it's just a such target. a chance yeah it's just like it could have been anyone if that's the case right exactly like it's so creepy Katie, uh yeah so katie's childhood friend sheridan skinner stated quote i don't know why any of this would happen she was a lovely girl and in the whole time i knew her we never argued so that makes she me think even argue with her friends like yeah so that makes me wonder like d- like for people wondering if he killed her because they had an argument like doesn't sound like she was the type really no um so basically the motive for this case and you know what all happened how it all got to that point it's very weird as we've been saying katie's niece and nephew who were like three and four at the time were in the house when katie was murdered and luckily they were unharmed which is good yeah When Joy Davis, Katie's mother, had come by to check on them all in the morning, she found her daughter's body, you know, on December 27th, 2012. God, two days after Christmas, too. Like, it's Christmas season. Isn't that fucking Not a good time to be dying. Can you imagine, like, yeah, going to your older daughter's house to check on her kids and your younger daughter and finding that? No. That's so fucked up. The kids had run down the stairs saying, Grandma, Grandma, Katie's dead. So oh my god, they understood. That's They knew. They were old enough to know that something good. was wrong. I mean. So, not, yeah. not good, you know but I mean? smart, yeah. <laughs> so these young kids had to stay there with their aunt's dead body all night. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to affect I hope. Oh, they need to uh, learn to dial 911. Well, I don't think there's anything a three or a four-year-old could do while, while someone's being viciously attacked. They're no, probably no, just no. lucky that but they But if they dialed it after, at least they wouldn't have had to, had be to there stay there. Yeah. yeah. It's 999 in England, I think. Yeah. So don't teach them 911 because that... That might be the wrong way to do it. Yeah. And this uh, last bit of info is also from BBC.com. After Miss Winter, Katie, was murdered on Boxing Day night, Tony Bushby had made inquiries to Facebook about removing an account. Mr. Speak, you know, the prosecutor, said, quote, he tried to suppress evidence that might incriminate him. We will probably never know precisely why he murdered Katie. We will probably never know how far in advance he intended to kill her. Katie's mother has said, quote, Christmas should be a peaceful, happy family time, but for me and my family, its meaning has changed forever, and we will never be able to celebrate it in the same way. No kidding. Yeah. So that's heartbreaking. I hate Christmas murders. I know, they're brutal. Like, I'm, this would be devastating to anyone at any point in time. Yeah, but like, but just yeah, like why, now every year. If you're a killer, why choose? Probably because you don't care specific. if the family suffers. Maybe you even like it. Yeah. Right. 
Sigh. Okay. Ugh. Mine is longish. <laughs> but I'm just gonna like race through it. Um, no questions. I will not be taking any questions. <laughs> Silence, crowd. That, we're, up, that we can absolutely hear anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so before we start, here's a little promo. Just uh, another podcast for you guys to listen to. And it's happening now. Hey, guys. I'm Sarah. And I'm Stephanie. And we're the hosts of Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories, with a Z, is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts, hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky, and all around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Does it so much 12? The Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at five, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, five. No, 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 seventy. He was like, thank you, five. <laughs> Fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, you, you want this? You want this? Come Come and get welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. And we're back. Hi. Are you ready? No. Well, too bad. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this is going to be awful too, isn't it? Mm, yes. That sounds about right. I mean, you keep telling me murder's awful, so yeah. <sighs> I'm opening that call-out post document. <laughs> All right. So which case did you do? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's called – okay, I don't know what the name of the case is, but I'm calling it Tall Hot Blonde. That already all, sounds catfishy. One word with only one L in tall. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Tall hot blonde. Tall hot blonde. Like this already sounds like a spam account to me, but you know. Yeah. It could also not be a who But knows. if you hear the other ones, the other uh, usernames, you'll just be like, okay, everybody just <laughs> everybody chose a really just... dorky name. So it made sense at the time. Yeah. So this I got from On the Case with Paula Zahn. Hmm. I watched it and then just typed it verbatim don't do that <laughs> don't even joke you're gonna get us sued well and yeah, i have if it nothing were actually to offer. verbatim maybe yeah but it's not verbatim folks no it's not but thanks paula for the info i don't know shout yeah. out to paula <laughs> it's a yeah it's a regular documentary show mm-hmm. uh so here we go sunday september 17th 2006 an employee of dina braid brought a kid in to practice driving in the parking lot and noticed a truck parked there with shattered glass. Uh-oh. They discovered that the truck belonged to a factory worker named Brian Barrett. Mm-hmm. And the reason they discovered that is because they peeked in and there was Brian. Um, that will do it. Yeah. So the employee called 911 because of what he saw inside. Obviously, a dead body. Oh. So, Yeah. 22-year-old Brian Barrett was slumped over in the driver's seat, and there was blood all over the place. He'd been Ugh. shot three times. They found shell casings from a 30 caliber rifle and a glun, a glun, a glun, a gun clip with dog hair what? and a peach pit. That's weird. Like, this is outside of the, the truck, yeah. Yeah, I assume, yeah. And one of the p- tires on the passenger side of the truck had had all the air let out of it, so it was completely flat. Like it had been shot, too? Like someone was aiming no, at No, like they had let the air out. So somebody had, oh. like, yeah. Yeah. 
had set him up for this. Yeah, the tire wasn't damaged. Mm. Um, So there were no eyewitnesses, but someone did report hearing shots Friday night. Investigators discovered that Brian was one of the last people to leave the factory Friday night after his late shift at 10.15 p.m., around the same time that the shots were heard. So he was going to go out with some friends, and he went and sat in his truck and then was shot three times through the side window, once from kind of far away, and then twice more as if, like, the person was moving closer Oh, as they shot. So they shot once, and then yeah, so as they were walking toward the truck shot twice yeah. more. Yeah, so this wasn't, like, a caught in the crossfires of something kind of deal. Like, this no. person wanted to shoot this man. Yeah, they let the air out of his tire so that he couldn't go anywhere. And then... Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, my God. Uh, and then after he was shot, his dead body was left there until he was found two days later. So... Whoa. Yeah. His family didn't know he was missing because they were on vacation. Uh, he came from a good family, was a star athlete in high school, and enrolled in Erie Community College and then got hired... Or while he was going to college, he got hired at Dinah Braid. And then he got his associate's degree and transferred to Buffalo State College... And he wanted to be a teacher. Okay. So that's what he was aiming for. Coworkers said he was a good kid. And one of his yeah. coworkers, Montgomery, or Thomas Montgomery, mm-hmm. became friends with him and would play online poker with him. Um, so there were, like, online games where that also had, like, chat function. Yeah, there are. Yeah. There are a lot of those. Brian used the screen name Beefcake. <laughs> oh, wow. And his coworker, uh, Thomas Montgomery, used the screen name Marine Sniper. <laughs> These are very 2006 names. Yes, I love they it. are. <laughs> oh, boy. Beefcake, so just straight up. Beefcake, right? Uh, the I two... admire his uh, audacity. <laughs> but The two were close, um, but some said that they, like some people that um, police asked said that they had a fight a few months before Brian's death oh. and that Montgomery hated Brian now. Shit. Yeah. The weird thing is that, you know, Brian's like 22 and Montgomery's like 47. So the whole falling out began when Montgomery received a message from Tall Hot Blonde. Tall Hot Blonde had a profile pic of a beautiful young blonde woman. Mm. Investigators were looking at Montgomery because of the falling out and because of him being like 46, 47. Yeah, like they probably thought he was a really big person of interest there. Yeah, and he was married with two daughters, but he like, he taught Sunday school and he was vice president of his daughter's swim team. He was, by all accounts, a perfect father, husband, neighbor, like... Yeah, so it's... Seemed very weird unlikely. that he snapped. Which means... If it was him. Clearly a killer, because it's always the weirdos, or it's always the normal ones that are the weirdos. Yeah, it's always people... I mean, like, that's such a cliche to say it's always the people you least expect, like, expect. But it, but is. it often is. That's why they would get away with it to begin with, yeah. usually. Yeah. That's why in interviews, people are like, I never would have thought... Yeah, like, it is that. That's creepy. So Luckily, I seem like a weirdo, so straight up, you know I'm not a serial killer. Good. I straight up threatened to become a serial killer, so you know I'm not going to do it. <laughs> You're um, already on a watch list. I'm already you on a watch list. You don't have room to move, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Uh, <laughs> so they found that he was also depressed and withdrawn, though. And his 17-year-old... 17-year-old... His 17-year marriage was on the rocks. So he turned to the internet, and he would spend hours on there every day. Right. And he started leading a double life. Yeah, he was looking for hookups. Ashley Madison, I don't think, existed in 2006, so... 
I don't know when it is. I guess it was harder for people at that time to cheat online. It also sounds like he wasn't really necessarily specifically looking to hook up, just like, you know, he started chatting with a girl in these chat rooms, and then he's like, oh, here's a possibility. Here's a really tall, hot blonde. (laughs) Tal. (laughs) She's just Tal. Just Tal. Slightly short of tall, I like the name. (laughs) Just right. So, back to tall, hot blonde. She said her name was Jessie and that she was 17 years old and a senior in high school from West Virginia. They messaged back and forth. And she started sending pictures of herself to him through email, like in bikinis and lingerie. Uh, And Montgomery wanted to talk to her. No. So he pretended he was 18 and was headed to boot camp and that his real name was Tommy. Mm Mm-hmm. That Tall. sounds like something an adult would think a teen is named. Yeah, Tommy. Well, I mean, his name is Thomas, so maybe, but yeah. My name's Johnny Fonz. I am a teen like you. <laughs> I'm Bobby Jones. Yeah, from next door. Yeah, no, it sounds, uh, this is gross. Like, as soon as he finds out that this person is allegedly he 17, he should uh, not be talking to them online like he this. He knew the whole time. Yep. So, tall, hot, blonde wanted to see a picture of him, so he sent her a picture of himself from 30 years ago when he was in the Marines. Oh, no. Um, and they spoke every day. He was telling her stories that were actually loosely based on his real life, but mm-hmm. obviously that had happened a long time ago. Yeah. And had, <laughs> um, th- he told her that he'd enlisted in the Marines after being accused of rape, which was actually oh. true, because oh. when he was a teenager, he had been accused of raping a cheerleader. And then obviously enlisted in the Marines. Oh, no. So we do know that he's actually a scumbag. Like, well, he in was, the past, too. Yeah, in the past, he's done some shit. Yep. Mm, uh, he said he was going to be deployed to Iraq and tall, hot blonde was won over. <laughs> because that's Fell in love. the sexiest thing that anyone could say to a girl. I'm going to Iraq. Oh, my God. I've been waiting to hear those words. Gosh, (laughs) tell me more about being part of a murderous institution, please. Yes. (sighs) Uh, They had quite the connection, and their messages got more intimate, and then very sexual, and very graphic. She called him her sweet, sexy marine, and started mailing panties and stuff to him. Ew. Montgomery was obsessed, but knew the affair would have to end at some point. Um, so a couple times he would try to, like, stop talking to her for a few weeks, but he couldn't do it. So then, instead, he proposed to her. What? Oh my she gosh. said, yes, of course. That's the way to do you. it. I'll <laughs> marry this man online. My sweet, sexy Marine. Ugh. 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 I know. I don't like anything about that. All right. I hate everything. So... Montgomery wrote to himself. Okay, so they found this, like, letter that he wrote to himself Mm -hmm. saying that on January 2nd, 2006, 46-year-old Thomas Montgomery ceased to exist and is replaced by 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine who's moving to West Virginia to be with Jesse. Yeah, so basically. So, like, he's going crazy. He convinced himself he was still his 18-year-old self. He's just, like, completely... Wrapped up in the fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery's wife became suspicious. Yeah, I Uh, would too. Yeah, and then, so she was suspicious. And then she found one of Jesse's packages with letters and lingerie, etc. Oh. Um, Montgomery wouldn't talk to her about it when she confronted him. But obviously, something was going on. So 
and she knew like obviously from like the letters or whatever in there like that Jesse was like a 17 year old whatever yeah um so she decided to write a letter to Jesse to tell her the truth and send pics of the family so she's like I'm his wife these are our kids this is our dog yeah he's he's creeping on you girl yeah uh tall hot blonde got the letter and reached out to Brian Mm. who she knew was Tommy's friend to ask if it was true that she'd been lied to, right? So she wanted to, she's like, oh She my wanted God. to verify, yeah. yeah upset. Um, Brian confirmed that Montgomery was actually 46 and married, etc. Yeah. <laughs> and she was upset. <laughs> I she would said, be too. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? So she yep. sent Montgomery an email saying she didn't want to talk to him anymore and that she hated him, but that wasn't enough. She wanted revenge, so she started flirting with Brian and sending him sexy pics and saying that she liked him. Well, he's younger, but he's also an adult, so, uh... Yeah, I mean, bad. 22 is more It's less but... terrifying than 17 and 46, yeah, but yeah. it's still not good. Uh, so, she actually bragged online about this flirting to Montgomery. Yeah. So, at this point, Montgomery's fantasy world was, like, his whole life. Oh. And Jesse and Brian began to make fun of him behind his back and began posting on message boards calling Montgomery a loser and a predator. Mm-hmm. And they actually managed to get him banned from one of the online gaming sites that, like, was one of his favorites. Yeah. Uh, then Brian started telling coworkers about the whole thing. And basically, Montgomery was like, like, yeah, so at that work, could, that would destroy his whole life. Basically. It destroyed his life. Which, I mean, they're not wrong about him being a predator. No, I mean, I, he's like, just telling him the truth. Yeah, like, he is a dangerous this person. Is literally so. what he was doing. Yeah. He was talking to a 17 year old. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you don't want your life ruined, don't do that. So then Jesse messaged Brian about meeting her in West Virginia, and they told Montgomery about this plan to meet, and Montgomery got pissed off, telling Brian he couldn't believe he chose her over their friendship, and Brian was like, I don't know why it bothers you so much, like, you're married in 46. Yeah, you're not going to get with this girl. Yeah, you're not going to get with her anyway. Um, But Montgomery wanted him to stay away from Jesse, and he sent, like, ragey messages to him. Yikes. So then suddenly Jesse decided right before she had planned to meet up with Brian, she decided to cancel because she was like all Brian wanted was sex. Right. <laughs> and then she went back to messaging Montgomery. What? And he jumped right back in with her. She said she wanted to start over as friends, saying that she was still in love with Tommy and that Montgomery was her only connection to him, this uh, guy that this doesn't exist. fake 18-year-old, yeah. Yeah, and he couldn't help himself. But Jesse would actually toy with him. Like, she would flirt with other guys in the chat rooms. And it was like a roller coaster because, like, one minute they'd be all lovey-dovey and the next, like, Jesse would be, like, they're hardcore catfishing each other with, like, this weird control power thing. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Montgomery found out Jesse had actually still been talking to Brian. Of course. Montgomery said, quote, he lost, like he said this to Jesse, quote, he lost a very good friend, Jesse. He made a very deadly enemy. You have done what I feared most, (laughs) end quote, meaning she turned his ice, his heart ice cold. Corny, man. Very corny. I don't like, that sounds like. (sighs) I know. (laughs) So, Uh. yeah, it's bad. So he basically said uh, that he would kill Brian. Yeah. Saying Brian would pay in blood. And Jesse basically told Montgomery to let her go. And she was kind of like, if you really love me, you'll let me go. 
Mm-hmm. Also very dramatic and cheesy. Yeah. And Montgomery threatened both of them at that point. Jesse reached out to warn Brian about it, saying that she was afraid of Montgomery. Um, but Brian was like, he never, he's like, yeah, that is scary. But he never reported it to their workplace. Yeah. Um, and Montgomery kept trying to reach out to Jesse, but she would sign off as soon as she saw him sign in. Yeah. So she just avoided him. Well, threatening to murder someone is a little bit of a huge turnoff and frightening. Yeah, you can't but expect them like... to talk to you after that. Yeah, I don't know. Although she is apparently into the sexy Marine, so who knows? That's Maybe true. she's into murder. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, it's really fucking weird. They're both just all, like, involved in their own fake online fantasy going on, right? It Except for Brian. He's the only one who's telling like the truth here. they all are, like, 17, like, for realsies. <laughs> yeah, like, this sounds like a whole thing that 17-year-olds would have going on online. Yeah, so, okay, so now they're looking at evidence. The peach pit by the truck had Montgomery's DNA on it. Mm. But he also worked there and ate peaches, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, Also, it was parked at work. Right, uh, sorry, Brian's truck was parked at work. Yeah, (laughs) so. He parked the peach pit at the work. Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, you can do this, you can do this. Um, So obviously he had the access to let the air out of Brian's tire. Yeah. The rifle casings came from a rifle used in marine combat, so it's a a gun he would have had. Yeah, it's a good link to him. A co-worker told police that two years before Brian's murder, Montgomery said that if he ever killed someone, he would snipe them with that same rifle used in the murder. And that they hadn't actually released that detail. So this co-worker just knew the kind of rifle. Yeah. Um, So it was pretty reliable. But Montgomery denied ever owning that type of gun. And he'd had to turn all of his guns over to the police. And it wasn't among them. So who knows what happened to that gun. Um, However, there was a picture of the scene at his house that had like that same rifle in it but he's like no 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 that's just a bad picture it's a bb gun Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) Um, montgomery had also asked about brian's work schedule the day of his murder (laughs) and his cell phone showed as having made a call from within the factory within minutes of the murder so this is just him being ridiculously fucking blatant yeah it's bad he's not good at murdering Good. I'm glad he wasn't. I'm yeah. glad he got caught. So there this. wasn't enough to arrest him yet, though. Um, Investigators became concerned about Jesse's safety, though, and yeah. also thought that she may have some answers as well um, because Montgomery had threatened both her and her family. Whoa. So investigators used her MySpace page to find out that she lived in Oak Hill, West Virginia. They went to her house and her mother opened the door. Oh, boy. They asked for Jesse and she said, oh, I don't know where she is. Um, and then the cops told her the whole story to, like, you know, give her all the information and tell yeah. her that her daughter might be in danger. Her and that's when she minor. started to cry. Yeah. Because that's when she said it was actually her the whole time. Plot twist. She, I knew this was hap- going to happen. <laughs> she had been pretending to be her daughter. 46-year-old Mary had pretended to be Jesse on the internet using actual pics of her daughter to lure men. And she's 46 and Montgomery's 46. And they both rejected each other because they weren't... Ah, okay. Because anyway. they weren't young enough. Ew. Right? So That's so fucking gross. They're both the same they're age. They're both predators, yeah. And they accidentally pre- predatored each other. Honestly, they should be together. Ugh. Uh, she told police that Montgomery called her the night of Brian's murder thinking that she was Jesse, obviously, yeah. and told her, quote, your boyfriend was easy to take care of. This was the call that was traced to have taken place at the factory. 
Montgomery was arrested and charged with murder, and this is when detectives told him who he had actually been communicating with, 46-year-old Mother Mary, and Montgomery went white because, God forbid, men talk to women their own age. That's so gross. No, horrifying. In jail. Although she was was also trying to talk to boys not her own age. That's true, but, I mean, she She found out earlier that he was 46, so... so. Yeah, well, the fact that she rejected him because of that. And then she turned to a 22-year-old. Yeah, no, she's praying, too. She's praying on children, and he's praying on children. It's so so gross. gross. So in jail, Montgomery made two phone calls implicating himself, not realizing that phone calls in prison are recorded. (laughs) One was to his wife, telling her the gun clip at the crime scene was his, and the second was to his daughter, asking her to give him an alibi for the night of the murder. Ugh. He ended up taking a deal to plead first-degree manslaughter so that he didn't have to, like, drag his family through a trial. and Like, they would probably be called yeah. as witnesses as well. This wasn't manslaughter, though. No, it was not. <laughs> In this is court, very this much was definitely first planned. degree. If you yeah. brought a weapon, uh, that's first you degree. You planned it, yep. In court, he did admit to killing Brian. But days later, he fired his attorney and tried to withdraw his guilty plea. He maintains his innocence still in this interview that I was watching. He Hmm. said his lawyer forced him to take the deal, but they denied his request to withdraw his plea. And he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. But in an interview, he said he made a mistake that cost a young man his life. Which doesn't make sense if you didn't do it. Yeah, then who did, Like, does he think that... uh, Jesse went and killed Brian. So the interviewer was also like, what? And he backpedaled really fast. He's like, well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Mary said in an interview that when she found out Montgomery's real age, the reason she continued on with him was to protect other teenagers online. Uh Uh-huh. Sure, Mary. You mailed this person panties. I don't know, man. This doesn't seem realistic. I don't like anyone in this story except maybe Brian and... Brian seemed okay. Brian seems fine. He seems normal. Yeah. Uh, Law enforcement wanted to go after Mary, too, for destroying all these families, but, like, whatever, everything she did was disgusting, but not illegal, so. Great. I mean, she didn't kill anybody. No. She was just disgusting. Though, yeah, like, I I know they can't prosecute her, but in my own opinion, yeah, she, yeah, she was a predator, and her predation led to someone's death. Plus, if you're gonna do, like, let's let's pretend that she's not completely talking out her ass when she said she did it to protect other teens. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like, sure, let's pretend that she's, that she meant that. I'll step into this weird pretend bubble of yours. Yeah, let's go into bizarro world. Um, no, for one thing, but, like, like, doing that vigilante shit is not a good, it's never a good idea unless you're trained to do it. You need that yeah. training to know what you're doing why, so why you don't you destroy families. Yeah, why would you? And flirt with other guys to make him jealous. Yeah. This is to prevent him from hitting on other teens. Like, right. Yeah. Shut like, up. Yeah. Like, how is that? That's not doing anything. Because, like, as soon as she found out he was 46, she would have, like, called police immediately. Yeah. If that was to She should have. She'd been like, hey, I just totally I found a catfished this guy. Yep. Yeah, I found a predator. I found Here, a predator. Here's his He's name. He's a 17-year-old. Like, yeah, like that's what, like that's what that person would do. I mean, that wouldn't so fly she's, here because so our like legal age of consent is like sixteen. So nah, technically, what he was depends. doing was fine. No, legal here. Uh, it's not illegal. The legalities are more like it's more for for teens who are like two ages, like two years apart, who want to have sex with other teens, so, like an eighteen year old wants to have sex with a 16 year old so that they don't get arrested but i'm yeah, not sure how still, much of a gap it applies to in certain like there's areas no gap. 
There's no gap rule. Ew. You can sleep with a guy who is 50 if you are 16. Ew. Yes. I okay, know. Okay, well, morally. Hey, it it's was bad. raised. Yeah. When I was in high school, it was 14. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yikes. Yeah. So Ew. that's, I mean, at least it was raised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if your legal age to be able to, like, vote and drink is 18, then it should be at least 18. I think so, too. You can't, how can you consent to, like, have sex but voting no you gotta wait i don't know it's, I don't it seems know. weird like to, with like with an adult like no i don't know like these are big decisions it's weird well i'm glad that they caught one of them in that story though i don't like brian was innocent oh, I yeah feel but bad brian, brian wasn't there for much of it no and he he paid the price for that i know Poor that brian. really sucks because brian actually seemed like he a was probably a really person. good guy like, yeah cared about like you know, motivated and... he was actually getting he wanted to be a teacher yeah like yeah so he was concerned for this this girl he thought he was 17 he yeah. wasn't lying about his age yeah he was the only honest person in the Ugh, yeah poor guy <sighs> well on that positive note uh if you've got your own weird stories about catfishing, uh send them to our Gmail at two scared siblings at gmail.com. That's us. And yes. uh, we have a Patreon, Patreon. And we're gonna be coming up. Slash two scared siblings. That's the one. Send it's... us your stories about forty six year olds. Don't. I don't wanna know. I wanna know all of the forty six year old stories. <laughs> forty six specifically. And your if they're forty five and a half, poker. throw it out. I don't wanna poker see it. stories. Yeah, your poker story. Oh yeah, poker. Most exciting. Yeah, creepy poker uh, stories. That'd be interesting. Yeah, you can you can send us any creepy shit that you want, um, and let us know if you'd like us to like read your experiences or read your stories or anything you've written on the podcast. I in should the email, check our email. So. Uh, yeah, that will help yeah. Andrea. <laughs> I'll check our email. And yeah, support us through our Patreon, which Andrea disclosed, and it's also pinned to the top of our Twitter at Two Scared Sibs. And uh, yeah, you can support us, and you get a special shout out, your name in the credits, bonus episodes, merchandise, bunch of There's shit. There's a bunch of shit, and we'll be getting back on top of bonus episodes. Sorry to current patrons. Um, We're working on that. Times is hard, Mister Todd. Oh my god, I have no time. Sugar will fall off of something. Yeah, we'll fi- we'll we'll do it. We'll yeah, do it. We'll we get will. It. But now to make you feel a little better after those harrowing stories, uh, we're going to give you a kiss. Sleep well.